Meanwhile, on Krakoa, in 1992. I've seen your future. They don't call me destiny for nothing. You may think you have unlimited lives to live, but you don't. You have ten at best. Eleven, if you play your cards right. Jubilation, Lee. Are you even listening? Jubilation! Jubilee! I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I have my Walkman going. What's going on? I said... I said... I can see your future. They don't call me destiny for nothing. Yeah, uh, whatever. You, I don't give a crap. You, you don't have unlimited lives. You've got 10, 11 if you play your cards right. <laughs> I have as many lives as I want. Look, bitch, I'm going to slit my throat right now just to spite you. No, no, don't, don't, don't. No, I... I seen your future. They call me destiny after all. You have 10 lives at best. 11 if you play your cards right. <clears throat> Jubilation, Lee. Crap, am I in another life again? Another. I'm going to use a gun this time. Yes, no. I could. I, I have seen your future. My name is Destiny after all. You have 10 lives at best. 11 if you play your cards right. <clears throat> Jubilation, Lee. Want to finger me? Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 219 of CBQ Legacy. That's comic book queers, if you are in the know. And of course, you're in the know because you're listening to us. I'm your host, Evil Jeff, and with us today is Brett. Hi. Hello. It's it's Brett today. Hi. We went off the rails in that one. We did go off the rails. But Marvels is going off the rails with this new uh, Krakoa with the 92 X-Men. Oh, I love it. House of X-C-I-I. It's stupid. But we will talk about it. We will uh, talk more about it in a second. Oh, that's right. We probably should start off with some. There's a lot going on in the world right now. With whoa, some. Whoa, whoa, what are you going to Oh, oh. Hot, hot topics. topics. There are hot topics out there. Burning. Hot topics. Burning. Did you happen to see that surprise trailer drop this week, Evil Jeff? Yes. One for um, something called Thor Love and Thunder. Love and Thunder. Is it an ampersand or is it and spelled out? I'm dying to know. I don't remember. I think it's an ampersand, which is a little rock and roll. <laughs> the whole trailer was rock and roll. It was put to, what's that song by that band, Guns N' Roses? Sweet Child of Mine. Guns Sweet Child Roses. of Mine. Who's a it, horrible homophobe, by the way, but whatever. Axl Rose? Yes. Did you not really? listen to all the other songs on Appetite for Destruction? Hardly. I love that album. I, I love I that album. I don't remember any like, overt, what, were there F-words on there? He has lyrics, and might, maybe it's not on that album, but it's on one of his albums. There's a line where he's like, immigrants and faggots, they make oh. no sense to me. Oh, that means he's gay. <clears throat> well, whatever. It's good music. Good music. He had a ton of plastic surgery. Gay. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. Um. Anyway, when the music kicks in as Thor opens his eyes... To begin his journey to discover himself, I was like, fuck yeah. I was like, here we go, Marvel. It's going to be a Taika Waititi Marvel extravaganza. It looks really fun. It shows you that it's going to be fun. It's going to be great. But I will say what it did not show Uh is I have no idea. Well, it doesn't show Christian Bale. And I think the reason is they are not showing anything really plot-based in this. The only thing... I don't think there's... It's all just characters. uh, They're just showing characters and like this character's in it, this character's in it, this character's in it. We are not getting a real like, oh, this is the antagonist. This is the bad guy. This is the mission. We don't know any of that, which I like. I love that. And we get here's what's happening with Thor, which right. Like that's the first thing that you want. Okay, here's what's happening with Thor. He's putting aside his belligerence. He's putting aside his fighting. He's becoming a pacifist. And he's discovering who he is without fighting. I love this for him. I love this journey. And so now Natalie Portman's going to need to fucking fight. 
She's going to need to step it up and fight. And we get a little dose of her at the end of this trailer. And Lord knows, I screamed, I was boarding a plane. Thank God it was Southwest Airlines. So Jeff and I were like, front row? Yes, front row. Thank you so much. So we can get the fuck off this thing. Wait, hold on a second. Do you sit in the very front row on a plane? No, only on Southwest. Well, I mean, yeah, I I will if I'm flying first class. But then you don't have a place to put your bag in the front. That's okay. I take the stuff I need out of it for takeoff. And then when we're able to stand up, I go get my shit. And then I put it back before we descend. I hate that. Because listen, oh, really? You know what I hate? Standing on that plane while Joe Q dumb shits figure out how to navigate getting their suitcase off and moving forward. Yeah, that's That's why I I get on the second. I get in the second row. Oh, my God. The first row has got so much leg room. Girl, I just did Vegas and back and we were front row both ways. Anyway, Thor trailer. That's where I saw the Thor trailer. And I screamed when they showed the mighty Thor. I screamed. Ew, I saw an article that was like, and then they show Lady Thor. And I was like, Lady Thor? Who is that, Thor girl? um, It's Thor heart. Thor? (laughs) It's like Iron Heart. (laughs) Yes, I got it. Thank you. Anyway, what did you think of the trailer, Evil Jeff? It did what I wanted to do. I... And that's the one thing. People will knock Marvel about shit, but they know how to do a fucking trailer. Because they aren't... They do not give too much away. They don't spoil all of the best bits. They basically sure. tantalize you. They put the character in front of you like, look at all this cool shit that's going to be in this. You don't know what They give you Xavier's about. ear. Exactly. And it gave me like, exactly Xavier's what I wanted. Ear. Yeah. I don't know. Have you been watching... Um, um, like, uh, why can't I say his name? Waika... No, Taika Watiti. Oh, our flag means death. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, "Are you watching Moon Knight or Severance?" Which we will be talking about later in the Have show. You seen our flag means death. I saw the first episode. It was hilarious. <laughs> we'll talk about that later as well. I think it's great. I mean, this movie, pretty much. I mean, I, I this is it's impossible for this movie. To be bad. I don't see how this movie can be bad. It's impossible for this movie to be bad. Yeah. Except it's for all got, the incels being like, oh, I gotta ruin it with Lady Thor. Oh, Lady Thor. Oh, I, I don't ever want to see Star-Lord kiss Thor. First of all, everyone was like, ew, it's a gay scene. No, it's not. It's a funny scene of Star-Lord being like, stare at the people you love. And Thor is like trying to get into his eye gaze, his line of sight. Hilarious. People were like, oh my God, wait. They're looking into each other's eyes, and Star Lord had that bisexual scene once. Oh my God, they're totally gonna kiss! I fucking hate the internet. Yeah. Calm your dicks. It's bad on both sides. Everyone's gonna calm their dicks and pussies, or rev them up. Because either way, I will say the most disappointing thing is like it does look like there's a lot of Chris Pratt. And he's kind of I, th- I think only I feel like only the beginning. I think the Guardians will only be in the beginning, and it will be when Thor decides he wants to not fight. Notice like they run off to fight, and he turns his back on them and walks the other way. I think when the Guardians go fight, that's the last. We'll that's see when he's them. like, "I'm off to I'm off to figure out who I am. I'm off to be a pirate or like a romance novel cover, or I'm off and to it find sucks whatever." Isn't there going to be another Guardians of the Galaxy? Yeah. And what Christmas can I special. do? What can I do to not hate Chris Pratt? To, 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 I, where you I want to hate Chris Pratt, but I want to love Star Lord. How do I? Oh, how is it? How? Because I feel like I should be able to separate. Well, all right. Out. Let's talk about. Let's talk about like what are the best Star Lord moments right now? Let's do this. Oh, cue the music. Whatever. What are the best Star Lord moments in the MCU? That would make you love Star Lord and forget that he's awful, Chris Pratt. I don't know. It's, I haven't watched. I don't the think there are the many. <laughs> I haven't watched Guardians of the Galaxy in a while. But that's the thing is, I always thought he was funny. I always thought he was like one of my favorite characters in Parks and Rec. And then it was like, oh, he's going to get really hot too. This is great. And then he had to become a Christian and get really annoying. Like right, why? enjoying that awful. Why do you have to become annoying? Conversion therapy church. Yeah, fuck off. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's a really great moment, like the opening of Guardians of the Galaxy 1, 
that's great. You fall in love with him immediately, both as a child and as a thief. Yeah. That's fun. Um, he's pretty unendearing. Um, Star-Lord's pretty awful, actually. Maybe he'll die. Die, Star-Lord, die. And then they make Kitty Pride Star-Lord, like she was for that. That would be life. amazing. And then the X-Men are introduced into That's the MCU. That's through Kitty Pride being Star-Lord. Kitty Pride Space Pirate. <laughs> Perfect encapsulation of the X-Men. Oh, my goodness. Um, this trailer, it also gave us a shot of somebody who looks godlike catching a lightning bolt in their hand. Who do you think that was? Oh, that's Zeus, played by Russell Crowe. Oh. So we got Zeus confirmation. I'm saying where there's Zeus, who, but totally, first of all, the, the villain is called Gore the God Butcher, and we have Zeus. Can we do the math here? Zeus is going to die. Oh, Zeus is going to die. But then that means who might avenge his death? Oh, the gay one? Hercules, Hercules, Hercules. Is he gay in the... He's in what? In the Marvel in the universe. Comic the, books? The, in the comic book, who's the gay one? Yeah, he's was bisexual. Like, he was, he was he's the one poly. fucking Wolverine. Hercules. Okay. But he's also... But, but that's interdimensional. But 616 Hercules is dating Marvel Boy. Novar. Yeah, 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 yeah. I knew they're Guardians of the Galaxy. How great would it be if, like, we meet Hercules in Thor, and then he becomes one of the Guardians of the Galaxy in the third one? And then it's just like now that um, Taika's basically like, I like gay shit. Let's just turn into a yeah. Let's have an offshoot porno sponsored by Marvel, rather than having these parody pornos. Disney should just make the porno. Just make actual in canon. Yeah. Just so we know it counts. Because I can't tell. Every time I see a gay superhero porno parody, I'm like, is this in ca- does this count? Is this in continuity? Yeah, I know. Ugh, so confusing. It's so confusing. But I'm saying, wouldn't it be great if Hercules was just like Thor used to be? Like pompous and brass and like hasn't learned humility and yeah, is a total wow. asshole. Great. And then he replaces Thor on the Guardians of the Galaxy, much to Star-Lord's chagrin. So Star-Lord, who was so mad that Thor was with them, now has a worse Thor? Yeah. Mar- Marvel, call me. But then after he fucks him for the first time, he's like, okay with it. He's like, okay, I like it. Oh my God, who are you? I'm Kitty <laughs> Pride. <laughs> and then that's how the X-Men are introduced to the MCU. <laughs> So, what uh, what else is what other hot topics are? Um, speaking of queerness, my favorite non-binary comic writer, who by the way is also my favorite comic book writer, is releasing their first novel. Grant Morrison is releasing a novel called Luda about a star of stage and screen who also happens to be a drag queen named Lucy LeBang, who is sort of fading her stardom fading her starlight's fading and she meets a young hungry ingenue drag queen called luda around some mysterious circumstances and some adventure ensues what yeah wait a minute when did grand morrison come out as non-binary last year oh okay i was like okay i think i remember Maybe that. two years ago a year or two ago and they go by they Yep. Are they pansexual? I believe they've always purported to be. Because now I'm trying to starting to think like, oh, it's kind of like when you found out that um, the Wachowski sisters were sisters, and then the movie Bound made a whole bunch more sense. You sure, yeah. So this yeah. is where it's just like, uh, what's his name? The Street, what's his name? Danny the Street makes a whole Danny lot the sense. Street makes mm-hmm. a whole lot Who more also sense. Also goes by they them. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, oh I yeah, Grant Morrison's always been hyper queer, but never identified as non-binary until recently, publicly anyway. Well, that sounds fun. Are you going to read? I know. I'm excited. Yes. Do you read novels? Do you read books? I do. I just I'm reading a beautiful novel. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I'm reading a work of nonfiction right now. Actually. Ugh. I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> It's called The Secret Life of the Broadway Musical, How Musicals Are Built. Yeah. 
that's the gayest. I'm thing learning ever. a lot. My God. <laughs> I'm learning a lot about a musicals in general and b some of my favorites. Um, I uh I read so many uh, mangas and manhwas and comics. I just don't have time. I literally have a list of like books on my Girl. Kindle, and I just don't have time because there's so many other. Because it's like I could read this really good book, or I could read this manga where the guys are butt fucking each other. And usually that girl it's life's about balance you need to start reading novels i, I just read a slow i just i just I read just a slow fire been. burning by paula hawkins who wrote a girl the girl on the train it was fantastic all right i'll try to read more i'll try to be good, okay but yeah. i'm probably just gonna jerk off to that to the hot yummy manga some more that's okay <laughs> that's that's educational too we're gonna talk about that later actually we are. We have so much to talk about. You want to get into our X Men segment? Yeah. Why don't you hit the music? Oh. oh. I want your X. Come on. Scared the fuck out of me. <laughs> All right. First, let's before we get into canon, let's talk about this weird offshoot of x-men 92 <laughs> house of xcii oh god so basically what if x-men the animated series did krakoa in the hickman era i well it's yeah i fucking enjoyed this immensely it was so wild to have this clash of tone happening the cartoonified version of Krakoa. Yeah, I get it's in the end. It's like where it's like to be continued. I'm like, do we need to? Like, I oh, get it. maybe I get it will. It. I hope so. I hope it ends with everyone being brutally murdered. Like, I <laughs> that you know what? I would love that because it, it's introducing this darkness into X Men the animated series that I think I'm responding to. Yeah. One thing that drove me wild was seeing like a fun-loving beast. I know, right? Who's that? Who's that guy? Um, it is interesting how it is like drawing everything like it is in the cartoon. Um, it is weird that I guess since there's not really an Emma Frost, it's taken over by Psylocke's character. Well, I think X Men ninety two. X-Men 92 introduced Psylocke as a new team member in this. So basically they added Psylocke as like the next team member in X-Men the Animated Series. So that's why it's Psylocke because she's very much part of this roster. Yeah. Wait, was she actually ever a team member for a while? I thought she was just in a few in the, in the In the comic book, not in the cartoon. Oh, got it, got it, got it, got it, got it. I don't know. I just But they also they do they also replace another key character from Hickman Lore with a cast member from X-Men the animated series which when I turned the page and saw that first of all they had alluded to the death of Jubilee early in this book but then when we saw that Jubilee was essentially our Moira I was like I wonder what evil Jeff is thinking right now cuz you know what I think about Jubilee Oh, you hate the bitch, but I you love Jubilee. Moira. And I love, well, not anymore. Now Moira is like. No, they ruined Moira. Doot, 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 doot. Hey, uh, Orcus, <laughs> can I join? Anyway, but we'll get to that in a, in a hot sec later. Um, fucking, I don't know. I just like, that's why it's like, okay, you're going to make the character I hate the most into the Moira McTaggart. Okay. All right. Yeah, actually, I'll bite. I do want to it's see hilarious. what they're going to do with this. I just hope it ends with her being brutally murdered a bunch of times. <laughs> How about, um, yeah, all right, so so the the reveal at the end is that Jubilee is our Moira. She's in a no place. But some of the lines that Jubilee says, like, with, like, Moira's gruff, like, I've lived ten lives, wisdom, <laughs> but it's Jubilee. But that's the whole thing is like, but then if that were the true the entire time, then that makes, then how, why was that character so annoying the entire time? She was just faking it. 
she totally faking it or she was just having fun maybe that's who she is she was letting go she could be herself with this team she says that's why i told you two dinosaurs that you had one job <laughs> whatever dinosaurs you're like a hundred years older than all of them bitch. <laughs> that's why it's so funny the good old days never last well oh god so good so good the other thing that's interesting is their version of the five. That was interesting too, but I love how it's like, it, it still has Proteus, but he now makes the eggs. So it's like a completely different version of how it works. Yeah. I loved it. But instead of elixir, instead of, uh, it's tempo instead of, um, a, a tempest tempest. It's and instead, healer, of elixir, instead of elixir, it's healer. Instead of Fabian, Hope, it's Fabian Cortez. It's Fabian Cortez. But this is where it's a little bit weird is Karma, karma. and Proteus are kind of different. But I love I love the explanation of Karma being like she uses her, her mind-swapping powers to take the, the, the mind out of Cerebro and into the body. I was like, oh, sure. All right. These, and then I will say these jokes, that's where I was like, I, this, I, I, I cannot stand this. But that's when you are like, I'm reading X-Men the Animated Series. No, because here's the other thing. I mean, what feature did Aurora Monroe request on her Krakoan habitat? Storm doors? <laughs> I'm oh, the joke's at the end? Yeah. Slash my throat. I can't. Ugh. All right, let's talk about X-Men. I can't talk about this All right, let's talk about X-Men 10 by Jerry Duggan. Yes. Pepe Larez. Yes. The art is still amazing. And here they've, and this is the thing is like writing these explanations where it's like, I was like, why are they not bombing the fuck out of this moon where Orcus is set up? It's because they oh. keep bringing in civilians. So they Guests. can't bomb it. Human shields. Brilliant. Human shields. Oh, God damn it. And I love that this team is constantly monitoring what's happening on the moon outside of Arako where Phylong set up camp on behalf yeah. of Orcus. And they notice there's a nightcrawler dead body there. So it's like, that's gross. But there's also what looks like to be an adamantium skeleton. Is that what they were seeing? They detect adamantium and it's like, it's moving or something. And so Laura's law and, and it's tiny. So Laura automatically assumes it's like scout or another clone, just like scout of Laura. So she goes, but it's but not. It's not. It's, it's Lady uh, Fucking Deathstrike. Yeah. Um. Is she a mutant? Um. That's fun. Yes. Healing factor. Did she have that yeah. before? Because wasn't she just like some business yeah. lady, and then they like kidnapped her? Yeah, but I mean, it's the healing factor that led to the the adamantium and the sharpness. Hmm. But lady, anyway, she fights lady. Laura. Who who doesn't want to see that fight? Yeah. But then she's but like, Laura, "Bitch, I'm here to save you, dumb kind." I know, and she's like, "I'm not a dumb kind. I'm just acting like a dumb kind." Fuck you. But then she does save her. She brings her back to Krakoa, but it's it, it's tumultuous at best. Yeah. She requires an assist. By, you know what? I just sometimes I feel like Rogue is my favorite X Man. Okay, I just love her. Yeah, she needs more. I feel like it's since, just always a good time when Rogue's around. Always. But I feel like since uh, Mister and Mrs X, they haven't figured out something fun to do with her. That's true. Like, That's hey, here's true. a great I mean, character. Let's put her in Excalibur and let's have her be in a coma for half of it. I'm just good with her being on this team and her being the like the one like the 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 rescuer, the one that's got to do the save. Yeah. Cuz I'm going to tell you this though. This is my one thing about Rogue. Rogue and Betsy are two of my favorite proving themselves to be X-Men stories. Sure. When Rogue first joined the X-Men, they all hated her. And then she had to go to Japan 
And in the end, everyone is um, is made sick and poisoned. And it's Wolverine and Rogue have to, like, you know, go on a battle. And that's kind of where she proves herself. And I just fucking love that arc. And I love that redemption story where she saved Lady Mariko. Um, and then Wolverine's like, all right, she's good in my book. And then once Wolverine is like, all right, she's good in my book. Oh, everyone's yeah. Everyone's like, okay, we'll, we'll like her. Yeah. And just her proving herself. And then that Psylocke, the way she had to prove herself with Sabretooth. Against Sabretooth. I love that. And I just love... Sometimes we forget that Rogue has just been a leader for so long. We forget that spunkiness in her. And uh, I like that you're that's seeing the a word, little bit in here. Yes, that's the word I felt in this story, in this issue. Yeah. I felt Rogue spunkiness, especially at the end when they reveal her friendship with another one of my favorite characters, Rocket Raccoon. Yeah, and why not? <laughs> why not who wouldn't want to see rogue and rocket raccoon having a great time together yeah he calls her anna marie okay he had me an anna marie i was like he just called her anna marie but also no he's knows. totally no aware he's totally aware that the the game shit is happening to blow up earth oh yeah i'm sure that's why he's there well no he's there to gamble yeah but also He'll stop it if he can. So he can keep gambling. And then we see someone with the initials of M is writing to somebody, is writing to Orcus, being like, hey. Oh, boy. Let me in on this. Which, you know, we all saw coming. We all know what's happening. Yep. Moira, Moira, I used to like ya. Now they made you into a weird robot. But that's okay. There's still ten other ones of you in Sinister's Cave in Jeez. Tanks. I love that she's called it Mr. Stasis. <laughs> Correct. It's Dr. Stasis. <laughs> Truly yours, Dr. Stasis. Yeah. So we'll be seeing Moira in this book, hopefully. Moira's going to be a problem. Rocket's going to be a delight. I love Rogue. The next issue is called High Rollers. So that means. Uh, oh, they're going. They're, they're going to gamble. They're going. They're going. But they're wait. wearing their, their Hellfire Gala costumes. Well, yeah, because they need to look fancy. It's like fancy. Oh, yeah. They're, but it's, yeah, it's last year's look. Oh, Did well, you see the new looks that came out? It did, and I'm just like, oh, you can't do this every single year because then time is going to go by too fast. <laughs> oh, that's so sad. I think um, Gambit is making me real horny, and I think it's on purpose. <laughs> Sacre bleu. <laughs> How do you say fuck me in French? Mm, I do not know. I think it's sacre bleu. Uh, how do you say top? To be, what, what's top and bottom in French? Top and bottom. <laughs> That's horrible. <laughs> um. Well, I think that covers the X-Men. That covers the X-Men. I think you've got another comic book you'd like to talk about, yes? Yes, because sometimes you got to get a comic. Or a manga. Hit it. You gotta get a comic if you wanna get ahead. I have been going down a rabbit hole of reading, and I go. I, I've been reading a lot of mangas and manhwas. Manhwa is the Korean version, the ones that are Korean. Oh. Manga is the Japanese ones, and uh, they basically. Just there's a million gay stories. Some of them are actually like nice and cute and sweet. Other ones are just pure smut. Pure smut. Yeah, we like those. And I usually don't discuss them here because they're purely just BLs. They're just like romance stories or sex stories. But lately I've been needing, I'm a sucker for enemies to lovers. I like it when oh, people sure. hate each other at first. And so I found these ones that were like, oh, these people hate each other, blah, 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 blah. But it ended up being um, Supernatural. And I have started reading things that take place in 
the Omega verse, 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 verse. How did you do that with your voice? I'm, I'm, I'm talented. Are you aware of the Omega verse? No, I've never heard of it. Is it a Thanos thing? No, it's, uh, it's a genre where it's getting to the point where it's a genre almost like werewolves and vampires. No which shit. is ironic. There's there's a video essayist who actually left YouTube. Her name's Lindsay Ellis, and she has a whole entire essay on this one female, um, like erotica novelist who wrote an Omegaverse novel, and then decided to say that she owns it and tried to copyright it. And just imagine, like oh. the person, like imagine what's her name? What's her name? Nancy Myers writing Twilight, and then being like, "I want to copyright vampires." And it's like, no, there's literally thousands of things written. <laughs> oh, my God. But she's now still trying to sue everyone that writes something in the Omegaverse. Anyway, what is the Omegaverse? Do you know what the Omegaverse no. is? No. Is it like a vampire or zombie thing? No. It is. There are genders don't matter. You can be born a man or you can be born a woman. That makes no difference in this world. Bind, everything is non-binary. Everything is is pansexual. There's no gay, straight, nothing. You are either born an alpha, an omega, or a beta. If you are Mm -hmm. a beta, you are just like us. You are just like a normal human. Um, But if you are an alpha, um, you literally only get turned on by hormones from an omega. And an omega goes into heat, almost like a cat. An omega goes into heat, gives off the pheromones, and then the alpha can smell the pheromones, and then they immediately just like have to fuck. Oh. And if the um, if the alpha bites the omega, they become bonded and paired for life. And so in this world, there's there's like eighty percent of the world is like betas, but then there's these alphas and omegas. In some novels and some things, they're like werewolves. They make them more animalistic. But in these mm-hmm. mangas I'm reading, they're just like humans. The thing that's interesting though is you can be a man omega, and you can get pregnant and have a baby. You can what? be an alpha woman, and you can impregnate another woman or a man. It's what? the alphas are the ones that impregnate and the omegas have the babies and the gender does not matter. Isn't that, isn't it weird? And crazy? That's wild. But did the, be- did the betas get any companionship or children or anything? Well, yeah. Betas just are boring where they just meet another beta and have sex just like the old. Oh, and fashion. like, and it's like a struggle. And yeah, sure. But basically in the world, alphas kind of are always like the pinnacle. And then betas are kind of underneath. And then omegas are like treated like kind of like, and most of these things, omegas are treated like how women were treated in the 1950s. Oh, sure. Anyway, the first one I read, it's a um, manhwa called Love is an Illusion. And it's two alphas, but the one alpha actually isn't an alpha. He's actually an omega that just hadn't gone into heat. He like didn't go into heat until too late. And he's hanging out with this other alpha and he goes into heat and the pheromones turn on this alpha. And then he ends up fucking him without a condom and gets him pregnant. And so the story of these two dudes having a baby. And so that is a whole entire crazy. This thing is like 90 issues. It's called love is an illusion. It's crazy. But I just read another one just the other night. Cause I was bored and you saw, I sent you the thing, the cover, of the dude yeah, on the cover. Yeah, like right I was like, it. I want to write at it. I want to read that. That looks pretty hot. This one, it's about an Omega who hates that he's an Omega. And he hates that, that uh, alphas are basically in this world. A lot of alphas are like rapists and just like think they can do Oof. anything. So he just walks around with a big metal pipe and just beats the fuck out of alphas. And he purposely, usually in this world, everyone's supposed to take suppressants. So you're supposed to take things so that you don't go into heat. You don't give off your pheromones. He purposely goes into heat, walks around a bunch of alphas. They all come to fuck him. And then he beats the shit out of them. Oh, shit. Anyway, he meets this other alpha who's like not like the other alphas. And he's like, no, I don't want to be like that. I don't want to rape anybody. I just want to like fall in love. And it's basically these two guys like falling in love. But the whole thing is, is every time they have sex, he's like, we have to use a condom. Wait, did you take the morning after pill? Which is so weird with like two guys having sex. Can you imagine if 
Oh no! Can you imagine? I, I, thank God. Every if there day are times that, that your husband dropped a load in you, and you'd have to worry that you were going to be pregnant, I. Oh. Can you imagine? Oh. <laughs> no. I actually love being gay for that reason. Exactly. I can take as many loads as you got to offer, and not a single one be coming out of here. Anyway, Lord I'm just going to say, if you're kind of horny and you want to read something very weird, I feel these "Love Is an Illusion" and this and uh, this one is called "Migumi and Sugumi." Um, these are pretty normal. A lot of the other mega verses, they get very rapey. They get also kind of crazy, where it's like, "I'm a fox and I'm a werewolf and I'm a dolphin." And that is like just a little a bridge too far. But for the me. core of it is alphas and omegas in heat, having to fuck, betas yes. being left out of the whole thing. Yes. And I just think it is all very fascinating and kind of horny and kind of fun. And and then but the, and that's the thing is I just need to be careful because there's a new genre that's really big right now. Cause this thing started a whole male pregnancy erotica genre. Um, what? Oh yeah! Oh, if you go to Amazon, type in M Preg, M P R E G into Amazon Books, a million like just written at home, crazy horny women written at home, self-published novels of like male pregnancy. It's crazy, and it's from this Omegaverse shit. But there's a new thing that's happening now. Oh yeah, and it is dinosaur erotica. <laughs> like there's one where it's like. My boss is a Tyrannosaurus Rex. And in it, it's like they're in an office and the Tyrannosaurus is like at the desk holding a cup of coffee. But then there's like a guy and he's like naked in bondage, like about to be fucked by a dinosaur. By this. If. Where did that come from? I don't know. But all I'm telling you is if I come this day and I'm like, I read it and it was hot. I want you to shoot me in the face and kill me because then it's. I don't know. I would. I would love to just taunt you with pictures of dinosaurs (laughs) for the rest of your life instead. No. Oof. Anyway, so that's what I've been doing while well, you're reading actual books. Yeah, I'm I'm reading novels, whole fucking novels. I'm reading like Alphas and Omegas dropping loads and getting men pregnant. <laughs> Just dropping loads and going into heat. And... Oh my god, so many loads. Um do you wanna speaking of loads, do you wanna talk about some TV stuff? Yeah, hit the music. <laughs> Someone who watch superhero sci-fi stuff with me. So we had an episode three of Moon Knight. We are officially halfway through MCU's Moon Knight. Moon Knight. This one was a little bit Moon more Knight. boring than the yeah. previous two. And I felt like I mean, it was all like I would it was, imagine. It was like a like a and there, I felt the same way in Loki. Where there's a few episodes where it's like, oh, this is getting from point A to point C. Yes. Yeah. Where I'm like, okay, I would have rather you just it's started like at point C. The episode of like, and this is how we lost Kong Shu before next episode is, and this is how Mark and Steven need to fight without Kong Shu. You know what I mean? Yeah. And there's a whole thing. Which will reveal they're... a lot about their characters. And this is the one thing I did not like about this. So basically, Mark is in control. And Mark is basically in Egypt because uh, Ethan Hawke's character is wanting to dig up the goddess. What's that goddess's the name? The tomb, Amit. Of Amit. And basically, Amit's tomb. It'll start, to it's going to start an apocalypse, so he needs to prevent this from happening. But a purge, um, if you will. It will start a purge, much like that Ethan Hawke movie, The Purge. <laughs> but Conchu changed the sky up. And apparently you're not allowed to do that without pissing off the other gods. So the other gods show up and they're like, hey, you can't do that. You can't fucking do that. If you do that well, again. Well, he did the eclipse. Yeah. He did the eclipse to piss off the gods. Yes, and then yes, he changes right. the sky later by changing okay. the night sky into the night sky from thousands of years ago. But at first he did the eclipse, which made all the gods show up. And he's like, I'm doing this because Ethan Hawke is going to raise up this goddess and cause an apocalypse. And they're like, is he? So then they bring Ethan Hawke and he's like, I'm not going to do that. You see, said he's not going to do that. I'm like, can't you go check where everyone's big? I'd be like, can you go check? He's literally digging it up now, you (laughs) assholes. You're God. Go fucking check, dummies. Like, what was so weird? 
It was so weird that the other gods were speaking through their human avatars in the scene of all the gods sort of condemning Kanchu. Why wasn't Ethan Hawke? Like, what's up? Was his god put into, like, some sort of purgatory or something? Like, I don't know. Why wasn't Amit talking through Ethan Hawke like the other gods were talking through their avatars? I don't know. I'm curious about that. But basically, listen, every time, and this isn't just Marvel, it's everything, but it's also Marvel. Every time there's like a board <laughs> or like a like a council or like, you know, gods, they're, they're always such dicks. They're always idiots. They have no idea what's going on in the main plot. What? No oh, no, an apocalypse is happening? Yeah, dummy. <laughs> yeah. They. Oh, you were playing us the whole time? Yes, dummies. Every time. But basically, because they were no help to find the tomb, they had to go rob a really hot guy. That guy was so hot. Oh yeah, that guy was so, and that's the guy that died. That's that's um, Gaspar Uliel, the French actor who died in the skiing accident last January. Are you? That's who that was. Oh yeah. no, that's so sad. Yeah. What a tragic way. I mean, not that there's any good way to die, but it's just so senseless when it's like skiing. No, he You're just hit like, another person, and he wasn't wearing a helmet. And he died from hitting, just hitting the person? Or did he, like, go off yeah. the roof or something? <gasps> oh, no. He, like, he hit his head after hitting the person. I had a ground. classmate, 16 years old. He was um, <gasps> a year younger than me. Went skiing, did moguls, tripped on a mogul, and slammed headfirst into the next mogul and died instantly. What's a mogul? You know the one where it's, like, those little bumps, like the lumps, where they, like, ski through the lumps? You ever watch the Winter Olympics? Uh, sure. You ever see the Winter Olympics where they're kind of like dodging back and forth, like dun, 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 and they're like skiing over the yeah, yeah. bumps, like speed yeah. humps. Yeah, basic. They're basically like speed bumps on a hill. Skiing. Oh. I'm, and then fucking there was that that was that show with a uh, Fred Armisen and Maya Rudolph. Where they died. Um, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, he yeah. He died yeah. in a skiing accident, too. I'm never fucking skiing ever again. I'm never skiing. I've never been skiing. I'm never going to ski. I skied once when I was like four years old because my parents and my sister skied, but I hated it. And so I never went again. And I never will because people die. Jesus. Um, back anyway, to rest in peace. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's it's such a tragedy. Um, back to Amit in the Council of the Gods in this episode. I saw a meme of um, Jenny Slate and Henry Winkler from Parks and Rec. The whole, <laughs> Jenny oh, Slate's like, I have never done anything wrong. <laughs> so he said she was Ethan Hawke and, and Henry Winkler were the other the other gods. <laughs> I know this and I love you. <laughs> and basically because he had to change for the only way for them to find, um, is it Amit or Amit? How do you say Ooh, it? I think it's Amit. Amit. In order for him to find that, he had to reverse the sky back to a thousand years so they could look at the right star pattern. Um, but then when he did that, the price to pay is the gods basically um, put him in a little statue. Imprisoned him in stone. And imprisoned yeah. him in stone. So now I guess Mark is just alone without his powers. Mark and Stephen won't have the powers of the Moon Knight or Mr. Knight. Because you know what? That's exactly what we want is to not have Moon Knight powers in the show. <laughs> right. So hopefully they break free of that quickly. Yes. Well, it'll help us get to know the alter egos better, which will help us connect to the character overall. And speaking of, a third alter ego has officially <gasps> shown Ooh, up, but we don't know who it is Kind of been confirmed. Yet. Yeah. So there's a murderous um, third personality who... Isn't there Stephen a cab woke- driver one? Jake Lockley. Do you think it's Jake Lockley and they're just making him the Maybe, one? but who knows? I mean, they take such, you know, liberties. I want it to be something more it could be interesting. T- it could be Tony if, Stark. Or what if, it, let's have a celebrity, like, what if it's like Stevie Nicks? <gasps> yes. And he's or just like, like, landslide falling down. And you're like, what? And you're like, what? I love this. <laughs> and Ryan Murphy's like, excuse me, Stevie Nicks is mine. <laughs> <laughs> anyway yeah the I... episode it, yeah it's 
definitely felt like it was filler. It felt like filler. Another big thing. Yeah. 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 Um, anything else interesting happen? Okay, I think we got it. Let's move on to a show that you and I have really devoured lately. It is. Uh, it does fall into the science fiction category, so we can talk about it, April Jeff. Yes. And we are, of course, talking about, of course, of course, Severance on Apple Plus, TV Plus. This show reinvigorated. Like, this show is the closest thing to, like, Lost in a weird way. Yes. And I know it has nothing to do with Lost, but the whole kind of duality of like showing the any and the Audi and the and the and the mystery i mean just mystery of, of just when they choose to reveal information about people i which is what made lost great and i was fighting with my boyfriend because i watched this and i was like first of all i will watch pa- patricia arquette like oh, painting a it. fence oh please like, you mean I nancy watch... from nightmare on Elm Street yeah 3. exactly I mean, nancy, i've nancy. been into that Kristen. bitch since oh, she, she was a fucking dream warrior bitches please flipping all over the place kicking freddie in the face i've seen every single episode of medium don't even start and i feel like don't she even start and she won an uh, was it an emmy or a sag i think she won the sag uh for that um that prison movie that ben stiller wrote and directed Oh, she also has an Oscar for Boyhood. <laughs> and she has an Oscar for Boyhood. I mean, she's pretty close to an EGOT, maybe. She probably Fuck yeah. Um, but anyway, she is amazing. And I do think that I think after, I think she's Ben Stiller's new muse. And I will tell you this, her oh character. Oh my God, was she Ben Stiller's muse when he wrote Uncle John? <laughs> Uncle John. And I'm telling you right now, her character any other actress playing this part, I'd be like, this is the dumbest character. I hate her. She's, she's so good. But Patricia, there is one scene where she's just like, ha, 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 doing this fake laugh. And oh, I'm God. just like, I love it. It goes on for a while. If this was any other actress, I'd been like, this is stupid. But it's Patricia Arquette, so it's amazing. So it's, <laughs> That's so true. That's so true about Patricia Arquette. My God. This show, so for those of you who don't watch... Um, let's do like a non-spoiler kind of like what yeah. we like about it. So for the show, the, the premise of the show is that people's memories are severed. Their home persona does not remember their work persona and their work persona does not remember their home persona. And they call them like an innie and an outie. They, and I, I will, and I will get to when we talk about what I think some of the show is like about, about, I want to get to innie and outie. Cause I think those terms are very deliberate. And the thing that's crazy is, is you have to remember, like, that would be so great. I would just go to work and not remember anything. Yeah. And I could just literally, I show up to work and the next second I'm leaving work and all I get to do is relax. And the thing that you also then have to realize is that other version of you literally shows up to work. And then when they leave, the next thing they know is they are back. Is showing up to work. They never sleep. They never have. They never rest. get to have fun. They never get to rest. That's hard. There, there's a, an opening. In, I think it's the first episode where one of our main characters, Helly, who is kind of our audience character, it op- the show opens with her waking up to discover that she is at this office she's never seen before, and this is her job now. You learn why she does no memories later. Obviously, it's because she's an innie. The word for people who are, you know, inside the company, the work self. Um, it's her first day as a work self, and she has no memories of her life. All she knows is she's showing up for work, and she says, "Are we cattle?" And it's kind of like, "Yeah, you kind of are." And the whole thing is that they're saying is they're just like, "You can request to say you want to quit, but your Audi's going to probably deny it." And, Audi being your home self. And who think uh, who think of themselves as the primary. But here's the thing, is the thing that I don't understand, and this is my one quip with the show, is if you are going to make it where like your whole life is your job, you need to make the job nice. Like you need to have perks 
You need to have they like do. a nap room. There are no, no. Oh, give me. Oh, oh there are perks or they get a sessions. waffle party got once a month. Those incentives. They have incentives. Incentives. Oh, they, they, they get fing- they get finger traps. No, those. That's bullshit. Uh, it's awful. Well, it is. Yeah, it's made. It's meant. <laughs> to I know. I know. But the whole time I'm on hell. Like the character Helly is like, I hate this. I I do not want She's this. In hell. And the whole entire time I'm like, this is. I would. I would constantly just try to kill myself until my Audi took me out of it. And the, you'll see later as people try well, well, to do well, things well. to get out. Mm-hmm. Um, that doesn't even work. And I will say this because we're not going to give away spoilers in this. I was like, why is none of this working? And this is where the show caught me in. When shit gets revealed, you're like, oh, fuck. Yeah. And we can we can talk spoilers later. I was just thinking we'd have some space to yeah. not. Because I just want to say things like, it's beautifully shot. It's beautifully directed. It's beautifully yeah. art Benst- directed. Well, I mean, ben, it's Stiller- beautifully re- ben Stiller's doing an amazing job. But whoever designed the interior of the office oh, so um, by the way the exterior is bell labs in new jersey where my grandmother used to work but internally and it might have been inspired by the real building i don't know it's just so bleak and so um labyrinthical labyrinth what's the word <laughs> what's the word i'm trying to think of it's like a giant maze there's yeah. no signage inside when people are walking down hallways they either, and all the hallways are the same, they either instinctively know where to go or get lost and wander and yeah. discover crazy shit. Like on that island in Lost, like in yeah. that hotel in The Shining. Yeah. And it's what nuts. it reveals And we don't know about- what, we still don't even know. And that's the thing, we get a bunch of reveals in the show, but one thing we aren't revealed is like, what the fuck does this company do? What does this company do? One of the great mysteries of this show it reveals that um we don't like we don't know who we are you know like who are you without your memories who are you just knowing you know how to do things you know how to read you know how to operate machinery you know how to interact with other people you just don't have any memories of who you are so who are you and that's the other thing is and then even if you are like i want to quit the moment you quit you're killing yourself you're because, committing suicide if you're because the any will work. never remember anything ever again so that any that's become its own person with its own personality is going to disappear and i will also say this this is the one thing people also need to realize stress is real so if you are having a horrible stressful eight out like seven eight ten hours when you go home you're not going to feel good <laughs> like no you have to balance it Exactly. And you have just because you have no idea what happened physically, your body is going to be like, yeah, I'm fucked up. Yeah, it's the premise is the reason why the premise is so good is because when you think about the premise, when you hear about the premise, oh, your your work self and your home self are, are severed. They don't have memories of one another. You're like, oh, that's cool. Okay. You don't realize the depths to how thoughtless and fucked up that is. And Until how the scary show ex- it is. explores it for you. And how, and how you is. see, like, it seems in the realm of possibility that it could happen is what makes Absolutely. it Absolutely. Absolutely. So, highly recommended show. It's on Apple Plus. Please, please, please watch it. So great. A, a, a gift. A gift of a show. It's brought, just like Everything Everywhere All at Once has brought back to me a certain kind of movie. This has brought back a certain kind of show. Yeah. And I will say this, the actress who plays Helly, I have never She's seen her amazing. in anything before. She's amazing. She's amazing. But the cast, in addition to her, it's basically about four people who work together in this department. And we'll talk about what they do in a little and bit. And Christopher Walken in a different department. And Christopher Walken Playing in a different a department. Homosexual. Oh. All right. So let's start talking spoilers. I never knew, and we're spoiling, we're spoiling, we're spoiling. Turn back now. I never knew I needed a John Turturro, Christopher Walken romance in my life. And but it's, here we are. And it's funny because everyone's like, why aren't we need to give parts to gay characters? Why aren't gay characters playing gay parts? But as soon as they're like, it's Jonathan, 
John Turturro and Christopher Walken. They're like, okay, all right, we'll allow this. Well, because this is about like not knowing. (laughs) This is about not knowing things about characters, you know. And and if they hired a gay actor, it would have been like, oh, you know, probably playing a gay character. And the whole point was the surprise of these two old dudes who were like company men, all of a sudden falling in love. And then what that does with the whole notion of, well, what if, let's say one of them retires, which as we've established is essentially death. What happens then? Yeah. You're never going to see this person ever. You're never going to see this person again. Your office romance. But to call it that belittles it. What these two characters have that these two actors play is beautiful and innocent and humble and real. And these two play it that way. They have such good chemistry. Yeah. <laughs> Although they didn't get, they should have kissed. Yeah. Yeah. They should have. I thought that was a bit of a cop out. Yeah. It is. It is. But it's still a beautiful, beautiful love story that leads to, that really helps fuel the, the amazing ending of season one, which was very much a cliffhanger. But. The reveals we got about John Turturro's character, that he's actually fucking cool. He's yeah. super cool. He listens to Motorhead over painter. and over. He's a painter. The, and there's so many other creepy things, especially where it's like Patricia Arquette's character is, is, is in the Audi world. She's living. She's Adam Scott's boss. But in the outer world, she is undercover his living neighbor. next door to him as his neighbor we're with talking a, whole a different, different accent and a different personality with a different name yeah, uh, just which to comes keep up her eye on them and and then one of the scariest characters is um uh, they're yeah they're they're super i guess he's like their supervisor like floor supervisor and he he's a, they're he, warden essentially he's basically either super friendly with a smile but the smile will immediately disappear if someone does something wrong and it becomes the yeah, scariest fucking face ever terrifying if you like get him to a place and he will be and their scary. jobs are so creepy like their job basically is you just have to look at all these numbers and as soon as you feel the number you see the number that gives you fear that makes you scared you have to erase that number and put it in a trash and put it in the, the the empty the trash on the computer and they f- they focus on that they what? focus on seeing a series of numbers that makes you afraid but also in their metrics like in the computer that pops up they're measuring other emotions too in fact they're measuring the four tempers that the company founder espouses in the like orientation or the handbook or whatever, the founder of the company, um, one of the Egan family, it's the Egan family that has run this company for generations. He has four, there's a recording, that's what it is, a recording of him saying, I've discovered four tempers in the human soul that determine every piece of human behavior. Woe, frolic, dread, and malice and if you look in their computers that's the emotions that they're dumping numbers into like when you feel the fear you put it in dread but then they 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 allude to like they're also oh when they feel sad they put numbers in woe when they feel happy they put there's like some dharma initiative crazy it is that it reminds me of the dharma initiative there's parts where they're walking and there's just like a guy feeding a bunch of baby goats you're like what the fuck and he's like, is this Turn place? around, they're not ready yet. Don't take them, they're not ready yet. What? Like, what is this place? And the thing that is getting these work selves, these innies, through it is kind of their camaraderie, their jokes, you know, their little moments of rebellion and their little moments of like having each other's backs when they're in trouble. It's really amazing watching these four people establish this dynamic, knowing when they're in the outside world. They don't remember each other. They don't know each other. They might not even like each other. And sometimes their innie might actually not like their Audi. Right. Because sometimes their Audi might be running the fucking company. It might or be want the, to anyway, under the their dad. <laughs> Holy. All right. So this finale, what a reveal. They all discovered that there's a way to have your any come a lot to, to come online 
outside. Everyone thought, the- oh, when I go into the building, I go into, I'm severed. And when I come out of the building, I'm unsevered. But it turns no, out remotely. you can actually have it done remotely. And so they devise a plan to have them have their any come come online so they can see where they live. They can see who's around them. They can see who they really are. And... Of course, Adam Scott's character comes live and fucking sees his boss pretending to be somebody else. And the character Helly comes live and realizes she runs the goddamn company. She's the daughter of the guy that runs the company. And that's the whole thing is where before she, this character, she actually attempts suicide. And when she is saved and brought back, she's there the next day and they have a video. And she's basically told like, I don't like fuck. Basically, it's just like, fuck you. You're, you're not. A, she says you're, you're not, not a, a person. person. I'm the person, and, I, and you will never anyway. get out of there. And, you're and like, now we know why she was so harsh. Because she's yeah. She needs this experiment. She she publicly volunteered to be severed to show the world that it's not that bad. And for her, it's worse than anybody. I know. It's so brilliant. It's so brilliant. I just love how the reveal of, because we, we meet the innies first. And so it's like who they are in the outside of the company is always the reveal, the twist. They're all the opposite of, except for Adam Scott, Helly, the rebel is. No, Adam Scott's the opposite too. Adam Scott I mean, on the yeah, inside sure. is very chipper and cheerful and good natured and optimistic. Yeah, true, on true. the outside, he is like just utterly, completely depressed. Because he's in, he's grieving for his late wife, which then we find out <laughs> isn't dead, but one of the severed people in the office. Which I figure I figured that out early on. I, I screamed. Well, I thought it was going to be when they revealed it. I, they did it through a picture that was covered, and you're like, "Oh, he's going to take his thumb off that picture, and you're going to see that his wife is someone. We, his dead wife is someone we know from the show. Yeah, and it's totally Helly. No, no." No, no, it no. Well, okay, Miss here, Casey. I want to talk about how I know that it wasn't. Because in the very first episode, he sees Helly outside and doesn't recognize her. Oh, yeah. So yeah, I yeah. knew it wasn't Helly. Yeah, but then Patricia yeah, Arquette, yeah. when she was under, she's in disguise as the as the nursing, as the wet nurse. I don't know what you, not a wet Midwife. Nurse, midwife. And talking to Adam Scott's sister. And she was like, oh, his wife died. Does he ever see her? Yes. And I was like, oh, she's not dead. And I yelled this out to my boyfriend. I was like, she's not dead. And then he's like, oh, do you, is it Helly? And I'm like, no, it can't be Helly because they met. And then we were like, oh, the only other girl left is that girl, Casey. And is, we guessed and, and, it. We fucking guessed. And Patricia, Patricia Arquette was like, oh, I think Mark needs another wellness session so she could see him if they paired up with other. the dead wife if they recognize each other in the corporate world. Which makes me think. Patricia Arquette isn't exactly evil. I think there are clues to show that she is trying to fight Severance. Well, also you can see that she clearly is doing it because like, it looks like she had a child Some sort of mother. or mother yeah. or somebody died that she, yeah. so she's indebted to them. But also when she first, before he got out of the, before his innie came online, when he, the Audi is like, I think I want to quit. She was like, yeah, get away from me. That's good. Quit. Yes. Quit. Yeah. Like she was actually for it. So she's definitely, what is that? Like law, she's like lawful evil. What? I don't, chaotic. Yeah, or like neutral, chaotic good. Or good. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, chaotic you, neutral. One yeah, of those. She's somewhere um, riding the line back and forth between all of that. And she's then, basically yeah. mystique. Yeah. There's so many different weird plots and things going on. I will tell you. The last two episodes, I was like sweating bricks. Oh, the tension and the sweating suspense bricks. and just the, the payoffs. It just, the show is so good in Apple that TV, lost way. Apple might be evil, but I'm telling you right now, they are killing it with the TV game right now. They really are. Even They've in the movie game. Quality. They won the Oscar. Yeah, Netflix, Coda, the fuck's Netflix sake. still hasn't been able to win an Oscar. Yeah. And then Apple came in and did it. Oof. Oof. That's smarts. But um, I'm, speaking of midwife, I think that's deliberate because I think a lot of the show is about having kids. Yeah. I think that a lot of the show might even be about how sometimes bringing other souls into this world 
is selfish and not right. And people do it for fucked up needs. So this is There's about just, how you, we should not have children. Basically, which is why I love the show. But I just like the midwifery and the whole subplot of Adam Scott's sister having a baby, which brings up her weird husband oh, and those so weird annoying. fucking friends. Oh, the what fucking is up? Hippie. What are, they're just a bunch of hippy dippy. I guess so, but they also things. they're also like they kind of feel like kids. Like they kind of feel like kids, and it just makes me feel that more people are severed than we think. I don't think it's just the company. I think it's the whole town. One thing I noticed is that when John Turturro is looking up Christopher Walken in the outside world when their innies are activated outside, Christopher Walken lives in Kier, P-E. Kier is the name of one of the Egans who runs the company. P-E is not even a fucking state abbreviation. I mean, it could be Prince Edward's Island, but that's P-E-I. And I thought I saw something about Pennsylvania. P.E. So I think they live in a company state, in a company town, and I think fucking everybody is severed. Also, when Dylan was on the computer, Dylan played by the great guy who tells Spider-Man to do a flip in um, Homecoming. Uh, I forget his name. When he activates the innies when they're in the outside world, there was like 10 different protocols that he could have chose one was called Goldfish. One was called Clean Slate. So this company is able to do multiple things to your brain yeah. from far so away. So there's some people that don't even realize they're separate is what you're saying. I'm, I'm guessing that's the case. I'm guessing that severance is way more prevalent. Well, that's the other thing that's outside interesting. The, the other thing that's interesting is Casey, his wife that they think is dead. She's like, I've only been working here for like 108 hours. So that means she's only brought in when they need to do the wellness check. Yeah, so then like, you're like, off. well, then where the fuck is she when she's off? Is she awake? Is she in she's prison? She's in that weird room that John Turturro keeps painting. What are they doing? Ugh. And why does John Turturro keep painting it? Has he been there? And wh- All I'm saying why, is they better, not lost, they better not lost us and oh, fucking not answer all this shit. No, they've learned. Have they? They've learned, but I'm so thankful for the show. I cannot wait another year for it. My God. What do you love about Severance? Please write to us. And real quick, the last thing I want to say is, um, let's. we're not going to talk about it in depth because I want you to watch more episodes. Please watch um, This Flag Means Death, Taika Watiti. It's on yes. HBO Max. And watch it's more. a BL. Yes. Oh, it's a fucking gay romance. Oh, so fucking watch it. If you are a fucking faggot, then watch this shit. Anyway, goddamn. All right, we did it. We did it, and we'll do it again next week. And you can't stop. We'll do us. it again. No, no, you can't stop this beat. Um. Everyone, thank you so much for listening. Feel free to write us about Severance. Tell us what you like about the show. Tell us stuff you noticed as well. Theories, predictions. Here we go. It's like Lost all over again. Um, but don't forget about those comic books, especially if you want to get into some weird, kinky, non-traditional sex like we have. Because if you read comics, well, then that makes you a queer. queer. Bye. Goodbye. Bye.